Hello and welcome to Move Forth with Grace. I am so glad you're here to immerse yourself into God's Word and to open your heart to His lessons today so that the wisdom of God can move through you and into the lives of those around you and continue in generations to come. Welcome, welcome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Never Bands. These are medical freedom bracelets I created for adults and children. I teamed with a medical ID jewelry company so that you can equip yourself and your family against the any unethical enforcement of any experimental injection, no matter what situation you find yourselves in. By wearing these, we can band together to preserve our medical freedom. Get yours today at www.neverbands.shop. It is also brought to you by the Move Forth brand. On my website, you can find tips on freedom, health, and grace and ways that I might be helpful to you and your family. My website is www.move-forth.com. I'm also reading from the Founders Bible, and it is a New American Standard Bible that does include historical documents from the Founders era. It truly is a beautiful Bible and a treasure for you and your family, and you can find one at www.foundersbible.com. I'm also following the five-day Bible reading plan, and you can download and print a copy if you'd like to follow along at www.5daybiblereading.com. Well, today is day 191, and we are, I haven't been saying this regularly, and I apologize, but we are in week 39. That is incredible, right? Out of 52 weeks, we are in the 39th week. And um, so if this is your first time being here, if you just happen to say, you know what, I found this podcast, let me see what this is about, this is the most recent episode, click. If that is you, welcome. We are reading the Bible in a year, and you can absolutely just join in today, all right? You don't have to do anything except just continue um, on through the rest of the year if that's what you'd like to do, absolutely. Or uh, you can just say, you know what? Um, I'm going to say that I want to start today, and I'm going to go to day one, and I'm going to just read the Bible in a year because day one is there, as the same as this episode is there today as well or whenever you find it, okay? So it's there waiting for you. You don't have to say, oh, I got to wait till January 1st. Oh, no, 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 no. This is not a New Year's challenge. No, this is a place where we read the Bible in a year. And I'm here to tell you, I am not a theologian. I am not a Bible expert. I am none of those things. I am just a, a woman who is reading the Bible. And I have just recently come back to Christ within these last two years, and I am just overwhelmed um, with uh, just the awe of the experience to, to, to be saved, uh, to be chosen to be saved, and I am just, I just feel like everyone needs this opportunity um, to know what this feels like if, if, you know, you aren't in the Bible often, uh, if you don't sit in God's Word often, um, that's okay. There, there's no judgment there. That was totally me. Um, I've actually never read the entire Bible. Okay. <laughs> and here I am doing a podcast. It's kind of hilarious, right? So um, just know that this is not a place where perfection is expected. This is a place where you can be molded and transformed um, and where you can actually just by by being in God's word, not not by being with me or with anybody else um, tuning into the podcast. It's it's by just being in God's word, how it can mold and shape you and transform your life. That's what this is about. 
I'm not doing any of it. And in fact, I'm actually just uh, witnessing it happen and uh, just am completely blown away, honestly. So that's what this is about, all right? And if you've been here since the beginning, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for for uh, agreeing, right, for agreeing to allow God, the Word of God, the living Word, uh, to transform your life, right, and for opening up to Jesus in your heart, right? That's what this is about. So I'm just, I'm so glad that you're here. All right. Well, today we're going to be reading Habakkuk and 2 Corinthians 7. So let's look at Habakkuk. I love these introductions in this Bible, and it just, I've actually never read this book uh, before. So when that happens, which it happens often, I like to read these um, introductions uh, in this in this particular Bible. So let's, let's see what Habakkuk's all about. It was written around 600 BC, and the purpose was this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do the wicked seem to prosper? How long will it be before God acts decisively? Instead of copying an attitude, allowing his complaint to create a wedge or barrier to relationship, Habakkuk goes directly to God with his questions and therein finds answers. The book of Habakkuk offers a rare chance to get inside the heart and mind of a true prophet as he grapples with his own personal conflict on these issues. Habakkuk struggled with how a good God could allow wickedness and injustice to flourish, seemingly unchecked in the midst of his own people. God's answer and the prophet's response offer insight into the truth of God's sovereignty and lordship over every aspect of our lives. God is not afraid of our questions or offended that we struggle. Asking them are the stepping stones to intimacy and revelation. If we don't seek, we won't find. His voice and response is the key to finding peace and rest in the midst of the journey. So let's go ahead and get started. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 1. Chaldeans used to punish Judah. The oracle with Habakkuk, which Habakkuk the prophet saw. How long, O Lord, will I call for help and you will not hear? I cry out to you, violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. Look among the nations. Observe. Be astonished. Wonder. Because I am doing something in your days, you would not believe if you, if you were told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous people who march throughout the earth, to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. They are dreaded and feared. Their injustice and authority originate with themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than wolves in the evening. Their horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. Their horde of faces moves forward. They collect captives like sand. They mock at kings, and rulers are a laughing matter to them. They laugh at every fortress and heap up rubble to capture it. Then they will sweep through like the wind and pass on, but they will be held guilty. They whose strength is their God. Are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy One, we will not die. You, O Lord, have appointed them to judge, and you, O Rock, have established them to correct. Your eyes are too pure to approve evil, and you cannot look on wickedness with favor. Why do you look with favor on those who deal treacherously, 
Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than they? Why have you made men like the fish of the sea, like creeping things without a ruler over them? The Chaldeans bring all of them up with a hook, drag them away with their net, and gather them together in their fishing net. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. Therefore, they offer a sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their fishing net, because through these things their catch is large and their food is plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continually slay nations without sparing? God answers the prophet, chapter 2. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me, and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Furthermore, wine betrays the haughty man, so that he does not stay at home. He enlarges his appetite like Sheol, and he is like death, never satisfied. He also gathers to himself all nations and collects to himself all peoples. Will not all of these take up a taunt song against him, even mockery and insinuations against him, and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his? For how long? And makes himself rich with loans? Will not your creditors rise up suddenly, and those who collect from your awaken, from you awaken? Indeed, you will, be, you will become plunder for them. Because you have looted many nations, all the remainder of the peoples will loot you. Because of human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the town and all its inhabitants. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house, to put his nest on high, to be delivered from the hand of calamity. You have devised a shameful thing for your house by cutting off many peoples, so you are sinning against yourself. Surely the stone will cry out from the wall, and the rafter will answer it from the framework. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with violence. Is it not indeed from the Lord of hosts that people toil for fire and nations grow weary for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to you who make your neighbors drink, who mix in your venom even to make them drunk, so as to look on their nakedness. You will be filled with disgrace rather than honor. Now you yourself drink and expose your own nakedness. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you, and utter disgrace will come upon your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you, and the devastation of its beasts by which you terrified them because of human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the town and all its inhabitants. What profit is the idol when its maker has carved it, has carved it, or an image, a teacher of falsehood? For its maker trusts in his own handiwork when he fashions speechless idols. Woe to him who say who says to a piece of wood, Awake, to a mute stone, arise, and that is your teacher? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all inside of it. But the Lord in his holy temple, let all the earth be silent before him. God's Deliverance of His People, Chapter 3 A Prayer of Habakkuk the Prophet, according to Shigianath Lord, I have heard the report about you, and I fear. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God comes from Taman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covers the heavens, and the earth is full of his praise. His radiance is like the sunlight. 
He has rays flashing from his hand, and there is the hiding of his power. Before him goes pestilence, and plague comes after him. He stood and surveyed the earth. He looked and startled the nations. Yes, the perpetual mountains were shattered. The ancient hills collapsed. His ways were everlasting. I saw the tents of Kishon under distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian were trembling. Did the Lord rage against the rivers, or was your anger against the rivers, or was your wrath against the sea, that you rode on your horses, on your, on your chariots of salvation? Your bow was made, your bow was made bare. The rods of chastisement were sworn. You cleaved the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and quaked. The downpour of waters swept by. The deep uttered forth its voice. It lifted high its hands. Sun and moon stood in their places. They went away at the light of your arrows, at the radiance of your gleaming spear. In indignation you marched through the earth. In anger you trampled the nations. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You struck the head of the house of the, of the evil to lay him open from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own spears the head of his throngs. This, they stormed in to scatter us. Their exultation was like those who devour the oppressed in secret. You trampled on the sea with your horses, on the surge of many waters. I heard and my inward parts trembled. At the sound of at the sound my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones, and in my place I tremble, because I must wait quietly for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like hinds feet, and makes me walk on my high places, for the choir director, on my stringed instruments. Second Corinthians chapter 7, Paul reveals his heart. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We wronged no one, we corrupted no one, we took advantage of no one. I do not speak to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Great is my confidence in you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in all our affliction. For even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we, we were afflicted on every side, conflicts without fears within. But God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted in you, as he reported to us your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter caused you sorrow, though only for a while. I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. For behold, what earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow, has produced in you. 
What vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what avenging of wrong? In everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in the matter. So although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the offender, nor for the sake of the one offended, but that your earnestness on our behalf might be made known to you in the sight of God. For this reason we have been comforted, and besides our comfort, we rejoiced even much more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. For if anything I have boasted to him about you, I was not put to shame, but as we spoke all things to you in truth, so also our boasting before Titus proved to be the truth. His affection abounds all the more toward you, as he remembers the obedience of you all, how you, how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice that in everything I have confidence in you. And those are our readings today. So Habakkuk, a short book, three chapters, and one that I definitely will be reviewing. Um, but what beautiful questions he had. Uh, and that that can just be such a wonderful example to us on what we can do. We can go straight to God with our questions. He is not upset with us, and we can pray and and look to him revealing his answer to us. And yeah, about the about the uh, let's see, I guess the you know the questions in our hearts, and maybe you have some questions right now that you're wondering about. I know I do. Oh my goodness. And you know, it 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 has given me fresh perspective to be like, you know what? I, I should just ask him directly. Right? That's definitely something that I don't do very often. And this book is a wonderful reminder uh to do that. Um so I'm really grateful for that reminder today and and hopeful, right, to to hear God's responses to our, our heavy questions. And I love this in uh, 2 Corinthians today. Um, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Just something important for us to remember. Um, you know, when we are just spinning in the world, right, and and in the the things of the world and the sorrow of the world, when we are looking uh, to the world for answers, um, it says right here that only produces death. And so it's just something for us to really consider, like where are we focused right now? And, you know, Paul is writing a letter, you know, and, and is, is speaking truth, right? That the Holy Spirit has given him to share with many nations at that time. And that could not have been easy. And his messages were not always going to make people feel good, right? So maybe there are people in your life that need to hear the good news, right, that need to 
just hear about it, right? And then they get to make the decision. They get they get to make the decision as to whether or not they want to believe in that. And so this is just a, a, a place that reminds you that, you know what, sometimes people might feel sorrowful in your presence, you know, as a believer. So it's, it's, it's important that we look at how we are talking about the good news, the gospel, right? And that we can meet people where they are. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you for these reminders today that the questions that we have on our heart, the heavy questions that we um, that that keep presenting themselves to us, uh, maybe maybe we feel them as burdens. Um, Lord, thank you for reminding us that we can just come to you. I know I know that I have questions, and 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 I know that I don't ask you enough, and I just ask for your forgiveness on that, and ask that you can help me to. Um, to ask you and not others so that I might find your wisdom, your knowledge, right? And that I don't choose to rely on what others might say. Please help help us to do that, Lord. And thank you for just showing us and revealing Paul's heart in today's um, chapter in Second Corinthians and just how we speak to people and to understand that sometimes people might not feel very good about themselves when we, when we do talk about the gospel, when we do talk about Jesus, your son, and that we can know that that could happen, but please give us also the words, the compassion uh, to, to understand and to be able to meet them where they are. Lord, we pray for moments in our lives where we can witness people coming to you, coming home to Jesus, to the truth. Lord, we ask for those, and we ask for the the, the words and the wisdom from you to share that. We ask for your courage to come to you with our questions and the confidence and the proper ways in which we can get people to come to the way, the truth, and the life, and that is your son, Jesus. Say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that is our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. May you have courage. May you have courage to share with others. And also, may you have courage to ask God about the questions in your heart. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.